Hey friends, this episode is brought to you by Autoimmune Resolution. When it comes to your healing, have you already tried all the things outside yourself? Nutrition, supplements, detoxes, and more? Maybe you're like many who feel like these things have helped to a point, but then you hit a plateau and then you still end up with persistent fatigue, anxiety, digestive, and skin issues. This is when it becomes even more vital to access your power within. Your symptoms are not signs that you are irreparably broken. They are messages about the specific areas of your life that still need attention. When you learn to speak your body's language, you can break the cycle of fear and take back your life from chronic illness and autoimmune disease. You have the power to create a life that you don't have to heal from. To learn more, visit autoimmuneresolution.com. Welcome to our Powers Within podcast. I'm your host, Chas Smith, and my mission for this podcast is to inspire you to take your power back, to realize that you are the healer that you have been looking for all along. We are capable of healing in mind, in body, and in soul. I wanted to start out today by first thanking you all so much that um, have taken your time to leave a review and give a five-star rating. I also want to take a moment this week to send a shout out to my monthly podcast supporters. Thank you, Kristen, Lisa, Kathleen, Karen, and Mary. I truly appreciate your continued support. If you feel like you have found value in this podcast and you also want to sign up to make a monetary contribution, you can click the link in the bottom of the show notes and begin supporting today for as little as 99 cents per month. With that said, let's talk challenge time. Last week's challenge was super simple. It was just using our breath, our own breath to come back into presence and create safety. I know that this challenge helped me a lot this past week and I really hope it helped you. I hope that we continue to use our breath ongoing uh, because it's honestly a free and powerful tool. As for this week's challenge, um, I do know that just a couple weeks ago we did a challenge about connecting to nature. So while this might be similar, it is still a little different. This week is all about grounding. And as you will hear in just a little bit in the um, in the interview that we are going to be listening to today, uh, grounding has so many benefits. So we're going to learn all about what grounding is and the benefits of connecting with that free energy from our earth. And with that, Uh, in mind, I thought it would be fitting to have it as our focus for this week. So let's all make commitments to ourselves to in some way experience grounding each day. And as our guest will mention, if there's some reason that you can't get outside right now, maybe you can invest in a good grounding blanket or some other grounding tool that will be a temporary substitute in the meantime, while also setting a goal to eventually be able to get outside and ground with Mother Earth herself. All right, so our guest today is Gareth Riddy, and we're in for a treat, you guys, because he is awesome. He's not only wise, but he's a crack up, and he's so much fun. I really love how he keeps it so real and lets his true self shine through, uh, especially because his true self is amazing. Um, I had a really fun time chatting with him in this interview, and I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. We cover a few different wonderful topics today. Uh, Gareth is a man who is truly walking the talk. While Gareth does help support other people on their healing journey, he also shares with us today the ways that he's still very much in his own journey and how he 
continues to show up for himself and take necessary steps and get the support he needs um, along the way. And what I really love from today's episode is how Gareth talks about um, what is an expression of truth within self. It is a very powerful episode, so sit back and enjoy the ride. Gareth, thank you so much for being here with me today and everybody who will be tuned in listening. Thank you very much for having me. It's an absolute honor. Chuffed. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Awesome. So for everyone who's listening, I learned about Gareth through Scott Robinson, otherwise known as the Brain Guy. Um, you guys are probably familiar with him. He's been on the podcast two times now, uh, once early in the beginning of season one, and then just recently for episode 101. And I'm really excited to learn more about you today, Gareth. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that what we can do is actually just start there, start with a little bit about you and who you are and what brought you into the healing community. Yeah, yeah, will do, will do. Well, I've got a lot of love for Scott. We, we met studying the same thing a few years ago and our kind of path diverged and then converged again. What a dude, eh? What an awesome dude. Uh, yeah, so my, <laughs> my, well, where do I start my journey? I'll give you a smattering. You don't want the whole life story, do you? No. <laughs> yeah, kind of like my, my childhood was very in and out of hospital, a lot of asthma issues. Um, nearly died in an asthma attack once. That was a bit shit. Had to be revived. Uh, long history with drugs when I was a kid. Well, not long, I was only a kid. <clears throat> um, so I've had cancer when I was 24. So there's a lot have gone on in my history, which means I'm really well-versed in not feeling at my best. And I think that was a big part of what drove me towards the health side of things. I mean, I eventually I became a personal trainer and it was always more about feeling better than actual aesthetics side of it. And then from there, I just kind of followed the trail and the healing health side of it was always what I loved. And that's all I do now, really. That's awesome. So you, um, you said you were a personal trainer, but you also said you meant Scott. And I know from our conversation offline, you meant Scott through, um, through school, what, through going through training, and it, you said it was the A and M Academy, which is Applied Movement Neurology. Yeah, that's it. Is that it. is that the um, where you got like a certification or like took your next steps to be able to do to do personal training, or what drove you to do that? Yeah, it was an added thing. So, um, so I was a personal trainer at the time, as was he actually, him in Australia, me here in the UK, and. What happened was my mum uh, died of cancer, and before she went, she said to me, "Like you can have the house or sell the house. Her brother and sister would get some of the money, and I'd get the rest." And I was like, "That one, please. We'll do that one." And that allowed me access to money that I never had access to before. So it allowed me access to courses that I never had access to before. And I, um, if I have a choice between kind of growth and experience and stuff. I'm going to choose growth every day of the week, you know. So I put a lot of money into my education and started going around doing all these different courses. And I found this one called Posturology over in Canada. And that was all about the neurological control of the body in terms of movement and pain and posture. I was like, oh, this is some interesting shit. And then based upon that, Facebook in all its glory plonked the AMN Academy in front of me through their algorithm. So I started following them and I did a couple of their courses and fell in love with it. You know, it, it was amazing. And that was how I met Scott when they released their top level. We kind of all converged onto that and moved on from there. 
and in the the top level it came to light we were the the ter- first two levels are more about structural stuff and movement-based stuff. And then as we move into the top level, we've got more into the systemic stuff. So what's going on with organs and glands and how what's going on from a communication perspective underneath the hood for an issue to even be an issue in the first place. And I really just followed it from there, just fell in love and I could see the applications of it. And um, yeah, here I am today, basically. In fact, I'll tell you a little story. So I had an inkling that I could do it online because we were doing it face-to-face in the gym or in a therapy room. And I thought, I wonder if I can do it online. So I put a little thing on Facebook. I want four people to see if I can get them out of pain just to, just to see, just an experiment, right? And uh, then these people came to me and one of them came to me was a lady called Mariella. And she, I, I didn't know her. She came through somebody else. And she was 32, young, young Brazilian girl. And she had cancer in three places and was given three to six months to live, basically. And um, she was having no treatment whatsoever because it just made her worse. So my job was to see if I could help her with the pain at all, right? I thought, well, fuck it, I'll give it a go. I'm not going to say no, you know. And given the way that my mum went, it was, it was a subject quite close to my heart. And obviously, I'd had it before. So did a couple of sessions with her and the pain went right down. I was like, oh, that's really fucking interesting. So I decided, it was a bit of a battle at first, a bit of an internal battle, but then I decided that I couldn't walk away from her, couldn't charge her because I didn't really know what I was doing in that respect anyway. We were just playing. And um, yes, I said to her, look, I'm here till the end. You've got me. We'll just crack the fuck on. You know, I'm I'm here, whatever happens. And uh, yeah, we just dicked around and we were playing around. And over time you kind of try and distance yourself a little bit from it because you don't want to get attached because I knew what was coming. Right. So I'll sort of not really think about it. And then one day she had an appointment coming up and I was like, Oh, I couldn't avoid thinking about it then because it was coming up. I knew it was the first appointment she'd had since we've been working together. And I was, and her appointment was like one o'clock in the afternoon and I like, come two o'clock. She hadn't messaged me three o'clock still hadn't messaged me. And I was starting to shit myself. You, know, you start telling yourself all these stories, right? Really awfulizing the whole situation. About quarter past four, she finally messaged me. It came through like my WhatsApp. Uh, the doctor said two of the tumors had started to shrink and the other one had stopped moving, stopped growing. So whatever you're doing, keep doing it. I was like, fucking hell. It was, it was, it was mad. You know, like the, the whole world suddenly imploded on me. It was like, it was like the universe tapped me on the shoulder and went, you do this now. I was like, all right, fair enough, leave me alone. And we just ran at it and ran at it and just hit everything at every experiment and we dicked around. And that was, when was it we started working together? Coming up six years, you know, and she's still alive now. So we, we, you know, we still talk all the time. She's one of my best friends pretty much, you know, and, uh, you know, obviously well, alive and well. And after seeing her get better from what the doctors say she was never going to get better from, it kind of changed how I looked at everything. I could see seeing what a human being can do when they put their will to it and they change was was astounding, you know. How could I do anything else other than that from that point on? What would you guys, what would you say that you guys were doing to, to help her feel better? So... A lot of it was looking at what was going on underneath the hood in terms of brain communication, brain to organ, organ to gland, to immune system, to stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, a big part of it was clearing 
the effects of the emotional traumas and stuff because when it comes to how well we function emotions are top of the tree particularly unprocessed emotions and a lot of it was just dicking around and having fun as well you know and i was just trying stuff like adding little bits of nlp and really just messing about because we had nothing to lose you know and in her she she changed from a very timid scared young lady to someone that laughed and smiled and she became completely different to the person that i first met you know and she mm-hmm. said to me she didn't even think of it as an issue anymore and and that change in her head was obviously huge in her own health you know right like basically it's not just about the cancer diminishing or slowing down it's about her actually like becoming a new person becoming maybe the more of like who she was truly meant to be without the trauma or the emotions that built up inside or the the stories or the old belief systems that weren't supporting her yeah exactly she was no longer that person anymore and i've heard this many times of people is when you heal it's about not being the person that's ill anymore you know, and Scott said a great thing to me the other day, actually, and I fully 100% agree with this. And as all healing is a release from the past, you know, if that past isn't there anchoring you anymore, then your body has stuff to move forward to. Right, right. Rather than us like kind of keeping in this cycle or loop of reliving in the past. Yeah, a big part of it is resources, you know, if when we have a lot of stuff going on that we're hanging on to emotionally, um, it takes up physical resources you know and when you let go of that stuff we have more resources available to to do immune stuff to do thinking stuff you know to feel different right right so healing from that perspective is literally about kind of changing your entire life in a sense and who you are yeah yeah Yeah. absolutely Mm -hmm. it's about giving you your life back that life that um should be yours really isn't it yeah, that maybe never was. I mean, that maybe you never even got to be because of early, like very early trauma or early stuff that happened in childhood that shaped um, kind of the trajectory that you were on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'll agree mm-hmm. with that. Okay. So so from there, you were kind of like, all right, this is what I'm doing. This is who I'm going to be. This is how I'm going I'm to support people doing this. Um, you... So a couple, I just want a couple of questions here. You yeah. in your um, Instagram bio, you have two things written that you do. And one of them is helping people undo the shit the modern world does to us. Yeah. And the other one is unscrambling brains and neutralizing pain. So yeah. are both of those kind of pertaining to what we're already talking about? Yeah, it all is. Yeah. The reason I, I wrote that is because, well, I wrote a book called How to Undo the Shit the Modern World Does to Us. So that was kind of a, a nod to that. So that's um, thinking more about lifestyle factors and things that we need to take into account. Like what? What do we like, need to take into account? Well, fucking loads, you know. But the long and short of it is we live in a very different time and environment than we're made for. And mm-hmm. as a result, that creates a lot of stress. And um, all that stress robs resources away from our function, you know. So just things like we, we don't move like we should do. You know, we sat down a lot. We're not out in natural light. We're not in contact with the earth like we should be. Um, socially, we're very different. You know, there's, there's all these things are the sheer volume of information we have coming in is much faster than we were ever made to take. So there, there's a lot going on that 
us as human beings, our, our very basic needs as a human organism isn't being met. You know, so we're getting a fuckload of what we don't need. And also we're getting a fuckload, of, yeah, a fuckload of what we don't need and we're not getting what we do need. And that really is the overarching issue of what, what messes us human beings up. It puts us out of balance and that can manifest itself in any and every way you can think. Mm-hmm. Is that what your book is about? Because I was actually going to ask you about your book. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some some simple steps and ways that people can begin to get more into balance through these things that you say are important, like movement, sunlight, connecting to earth, um, minimizing mm-hmm. information overload? Yeah, all of them. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Definitely. So one of the things I talk about all the time which is kind of the fundamental, which I dare say somebody's spoken about it on your podcast, is is earthing, barefoot grounding. That's kind of like top, top, top priority, fundamental, you know, fundamental for all life on this planet. Have you had anyone talk about that before? You must have done by now. You know, it's it's very, um, it's I think it's come up moments and I've done challenges to have people stand barefoot and things outside. But no, I've actually never had that specific top, topic addressed. Yeah. Well, yeah. then I will do it for you. I'm in that kind of mood. You're welcome. <laughs> so, so yeah, talk about it. Yeah. So the earth is essentially a big electromagnetic ball, right? And all life is electromagnetic in nature. And there's a constant flow of backwards and forwards between the earth and all living things through the conductive nature of life. Right. And we know that life is conductive because if we get electrocuted, you're meant to poke someone with a wooden broom you know, just in case, otherwise you get electrocuted. Um, and we we as a species have become cut off from that because we've altered our environment so much. You know, the, the floors are different. We're in cars, we're in houses, all this type of stuff. The soles of our shoes are very different. So we're no longer connected to that that the rest of life is, you know. And it's a, it's a source of free electrons, so by free, I don't mean cost nothing. I mean, like, you know, not bound up. And electrons are essentially fundamental resources for life on this planet. You know, we, we all need it. And it's, it's, if you want to go all, you know, quantum about it, it's like real resources flowing in and out energy stuff. Now, you know, um, free radical damage, you know, when, when we eat, well, when we eat shit food, when we have stressful lifestyles, when we don't have enough antioxidants, free radical damage is really down to a loss of electrons is the long and short of it, you know, and antioxidant rich food is electron rich food. So electrons essentially are antioxidants, put it in the long and short. And when, when an organism, now let's go back a little bit, but so atoms, when atoms lose an electron, which they do all the time, just through day to day processes, it becomes unstable. So what it will do is it will rob an electron off his next door neighbor. And that creates a chain reaction of events of atoms robbing the shit out of each other till the, the atom either becomes stable or it starts to break down and degenerates our tissue damage. This is how um, free radical damage occurs, essentially. So the whole point of electrons from an earthing perspective is to get it back to slow down that and really help the body reabsorb and do what it's meant to do. You know, like... Mm. You've probably heard people say that it does stuff like helps lower blood pressure, inflammation, wound healing, all this type of stuff. It's not that it actually does that. It's that we're so electron deficient in the modern world that these things are kind of byproducts of it. Right. 
It's actually just, it's not, it's not doing the healing. It's just creating a better internal environment for the body to do its own healing. Exactly. Yeah. Because we're so cut off. We're, we're just lacking, you know, and the body will only do what it can with what it has. And if we're not giving it the fundamentals, it's not going to function great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just feels good. But I mean, yeah. I happen to be really connected to and love nature. And there's a lot of people out there who don't understand that value of really connecting with the earth. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the, um, I don't know, like, what would you just say to somebody who's, who's listening? And I'm trying to think of different scenarios where it's somebody who, um, for some reason, like say they have a disability or an illness that literally prevents them from being able to go put their feet in the soil or, uh, sit on the ground. How can they still connect? then with that grounding experience i would look at buying some kind of grounding kit you know you can buy grounding mats surfing mats um bracelets that attach in and they're, they're all just pieces of equipment which are conductive which use the earthing point of the mains essentially mm-hmm. do you think they're as good though as being out like on the beach like putting your feet in the sand no, no. but you've but... got to do what you can haven't you you know yeah yeah absolutely I use it when I'm at home, but nothing beats being outside, you know. If you can't get to the floor, can you get to something upright, like a bush or a tree? You know, it doesn't need to be the floor. It just needs to be something natural and alive that's conductive or something conductive between you and something that is natural and alive. Yeah, go hug a tree. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Actually, for uh, for last week's podcast challenge, it was to because I do a challenge every week, and last week's challenge was to spend time in nature every day. And it's I said bonus points if you can do it barefoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so important. So, okay, so your book is really about all these th- these topics, these things that we fundamentally lost connection and sight of that essentially would help support our body to be in its most optimal state to heal and be well basically yes it's it's about Mm -hmm. honoring what it is to be human while still existing in the modern world you know because Mm -hmm. batshit mental out there but um we have to live in it so we have to kind of go out of our way a little bit to make sure that we function well because if we don't we end up in trouble Mm -hmm. now what do you say and how do you support someone when you encounter somebody because you know you you have your number two on your bio says unscrambling the brain and neutralizing pain so you're obviously aware that the brain can get a little scrambled sometimes like it can get a little cross-wired or it can start to perceive um something as a threat outside of us that maybe isn't actually a threat for one reason or another. So there are very real situations where people have developed um, exercise intolerance where the minute they do any type of exercise, I mean, for some people it's so severe that they can walk for five minutes and literally have like a reaction, uh, like a negative reaction. Um, Or there's people now who, have um, their brain has decided sunlight is threatening or dangerous and they can get like an instant migraine if they're out in, in sunlight without hats and sunglasses, like dark sunglasses. So for somebody who now has that kind of confused synapses in the brain that are kind of cross wiring, how do we get back to being able to connect to our roots when our body is essentially, I mean, and I don't want to say blame the body, but when the brain is actually responding in a way that's not productive for our body. 
Yeah. From a general perspective, um, there's not a lot of advice I can give on that. From a from a one to one perspective, it'd be different because you can kind of get in really and find out what's going on with the nerve system and stuff. But in my experience of these things, unless somebody's born with it, when something happens, it is it normally goes hand in hand with some kind of highly charged emotional event, right? Mm-hmm. And when we have some kind of emotional event trauma call it whatever you will the brain can make associations on things that are around in that time right yeah right, exactly. rightly or wrongly you know so then that that thing can then become a stimulus that the brain yep. then sees as a threat yeah and this is this is um can be anything it can be allergies you know it can be even words smells songs yeah people stimulus. places yeah ab- absolutely yeah, yeah. We all have anything so the idea really, you know, when I'm working as a practitioner, is my, my, a big part of my job is to look at what's, what's still in the system from unprocessed emotions and stuff like that. And when you clear that out, then you can start moving up the physical chain. Uh, okay. Okay. So you can actually look at, um, you can actually help support people to clear these components out, these unprocessed emotions that might be like, say there's like some really emotionally charged situation that caused, um, the brain to perceive exercise as a threat. And so when you, but when you can get to the root and clear those emotions that, that were linked to that, um, that perception of threat with movement now, all of a sudden somebody can probably start incorporating exercise into their life again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or from there, I'd probably have to do stuff to balance out the brain and and all that type of stuff as well. But yeah, essentially, it's taking out whatever it is that is making the brain feel threatened, and then mm-hmm. you've got something you can work with. Mm, okay. And how do you discover that? Like, how do how do you help somebody discover what that is? So, as a practitioner, a lot of it is is you're you're reading the person. You know, um, it, it can be kind of muscle testing is a component. It can also be you can tell a lot about what's going on with people by the way that they move skin tones, certain nerves, um, bunched up in certain positions, head position and all this type of stuff. You know, the, the body never lies. It's always telling you what's going on in some way. Mm-hmm. The key is unraveling that. Right. Yeah. So you are one of the people who is of the belief that the body does not lie. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The yeah. mind, the mind is a shit stirring dickhead. The body, the body never <laughs> lies. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so do you feel for somebody to really achieve and experience true well-being, then then it is actually important for them to uncover uh, unprocessed emotions and be able to release them? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally believe that. Yeah. I don't think that people necessarily need to um, know what it is, but I think you need to find out where it is. You know, because the way that I work a lot of the time is people don't people don't need to know. I don't need to know. I just need to know where it is in the body in, in terms of what what where what is interfering with that communication essentially. That's this is what it's down to. It's the long and short of it, right? So our entire function is down to communication and resources. Is is stuff getting where it needs to, and what's interfering with that? And when you kind of mm. move these blockages or these areas of heightened charge, then things start to communicate again. Um, but yes, that's a long-winded way of saying yes, but you don't always need to know 
exactly what it is or sit in the story to do that. Sometimes you do though. Right. Right, right. So do you feel like if somebody is doing this kind of work on their own, do you feel like, um, do you feel it is possible for people to be able to uncover and or move uh, energy or let's say unprocessed emotions that might be stuck um, through movement and through various like somatic tools? Um or do you think it mostly does come through the brain? Like, what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, I think there's a lot people can do by themselves, definitely. You know, I mean, I, I do my stuff myself all the time and I'm just li- literally developing just now like a a little workshop to help people further in releasing their own shit, which is something I'm very big into at the moment. Mm-hmm. That being said, people also need help as well. You know, e- even if you're like like me, I'm a practitioner, it's my job, right? And I still need help every now and then because you can't see your own blind spots. It's only so far you can take it. But I do believe people can help themselves and should help themselves as much as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. You actually recently had a, a journey or a story like where you've been kind of doing this work, um, helping people heal, being a coach, a guide. And then um, you've recently encountered some an uptake of physical um, symptoms and or like just uncomfortable sensations in your body and mm. that's how you and Scott reconnected right yeah. yeah yeah okay what did you learn in that experience that was really interesting so one of the things I've been doing recently which I've become really obsessed with this year is the the effect of un- unprocessed emotions on us mm-hmm. and um and on, on based on our level of consciousness Right. So we think of health as a level of consciousness, right? If you've got a lot of health stuff going on, a lot of health issues, that is taking up a certain amount of your consciousness. It's, it's, it's somewhere, right? And the more we release stuff, the, the more the consciousness can kind of rise, for want of a better phrase, I guess. And with emotions, emotions are like frequencies, right? So depending on what our predominant trapped emotions are unprocessed emotions, what we have a lot of, that will affect how we see the world. So it becomes like a filter, right? It affects how we see the world. It affects how we think the world. Say people with a lot of guilt in them find things to be guilty about, you know, for instance, and it affects how they think also affects physiology. So in my quest, I've been clearing loads of stuff, A, myself, because um, I love it, and a lot of my clients, but I'm doing it much more myself because it helps me understand it and it helps me become a better person and me expand my own consciousness in the process, which I can then pass down onto my clients. But because I'm with me 24-7, I can do it willy-nilly, right? So I was clearing so much stuff that my it felt like my body was struggling to keep up because every time you clear like a, like a big bunch of shit, your perception changes. And for me, if I was constantly changing my perception without really giving my body time to catch up, it was starting to suffer. You know, I was getting skin issues. Um, my digestion was becoming a little bit iffy. And then my back went. And I'd had a, like a long-standing back issue, which would go periodically every, every now and then if I hadn't been handling my stress very well. And this time it wasn't going anywhere. And then um, Scott messaged me out of the blue. How are you doing? You know, is there anything I can help you with? I've got the urge to message. I was like, oh, shit, I need you, dude. So then I said, book, you know, can I book in? And I had a session with him, and it was amazing. It was beautiful. A, because I hadn't seen him for a couple of years. 
<clears throat> and B, it was just nice to see where where he'd gone and where I'd gone and how they kind of were similar but also very different. And he helped me clear a lot of stuff. We went through some um, physical stuff, went through some beliefs. He found in me that I had an old belief that my body fails me, which I didn't know. But when he said it, I was like, oh, fuck, that's so fucking obvious, right? Ridiculous. Um, because looking at the history of my life, I kind of went for a little bit with you. So mm-hmm, right. always in the back of my head, I believed that my body was failing me. And that's what I was believing at that time as well, you know, because things were happening. And I'd kind of become dis- disconnected from my energy and my body. Whereas before they go hand in hand, if my body feels shit, my energy feels shit. But now I was feeling different. My energy was feeling good and my body was feeling shit. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Which is why I ended up working with Scott. So now we're back on track, which is nice. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, it was huge. It was huge. And just being more aligned, it took me a little while to settle. I'm not going to lie. that It did unsettle me for mm-hmm. a little while. But yeah, it was really, really interesting. And just, it was beautiful. Just coming back into that sense. Of, oh my God, I believe my body failed me after all this. But yet, I'm in perfect harmony with the universe. Right. Yeah. And it's one of those situations um, where it was kind of like a deep-seated belief that you weren't even consciously aware of. And Mm -hmm. it goes back to what you said. Like, we can really – I mean, my podcast name is Our Power is Within, which means like we have the power within us to heal. And that doesn't mean – that we always need to do it alone because in that instance, he was able to bring to the surface and show you something that you weren't able to see in yourself at the time. Exactly. All healing is, is the person doing it right. So nobody heals anybody. I don't heal any of my clients. Scott doesn't heal any of his clients. No healer has ever healed anybody. But Mm -hmm. what, what they do is they enable that person to heal themselves. Right, they create a space to allow that person's own healing to come through. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And since you met with him, have you been noticing an improvement in the physical sensations that you had been dealing with? Yeah, what it did do is it allowed me access to my body that I never had before. You know, I, I could see it in a slightly different way. There's, there's puzzles going on, which I've managed to unpuzzle. So yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's much more present as well. That's awesome. Which would be really yeah. nice. Yeah, right. Because in presence is where we can also like heal and yeah. see truth. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because one of the things that I was struggling with was um, kind of living a, a half a half spiritual life, half human life, right? So you see people in pain walking around and all the suffering and stuff and on one on one side of things, it kind of like that'd get me down a little bit. Do you mean? Mm-hmm. And then the other side of things, when you when you zoom out and you look at the bigger picture and the universe and energy and consciousness and that type of thing, you you can see that it's all unfolding beautifully. You know, so it was that that kind of disconnect was, was causing me or was a contributor to um, to stress for me. You know. Mm-hmm. Do you feel it's possible to live on the one spectrum all the time? Or do you think it's very normal to be in both where you're living a human? I mean, because we are here to have a human experience. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it seems normal to me that somebody would live in both worlds where they um, 
are very much impacted by the human experience that they're surrounded by, but it's also beautiful to be able to step back and see the bigger picture and the perfection in it all. Do you feel it's possible for someone to totally live in the realm of just being in like the background, seeing the perfection and not being impacted by the human experience? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, that's that's the struggle that I have. You know, I think we, we, we are obviously meant to be human. We're here for a reason. Yeah, right. We're, right. We're, we've got human shit to do. We've got human in to do, right? But it was, it's kind of like a leaf forgetting that it's part of a tree. Do you know what I mean? But you've still got leaf stuff to do, but you've got tree stuff to do at the same time. It's like that, that weird duality yet wholeness all at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. And then that tree is part of a bigger picture and so on and so forth. So I think it will probably be a bit of a flick between the two. You know, there, there will always be that element to it. And I think if you do ever get to that point that you can completely just see the beauty and everything all the time, then uh, then it's probably time for you to move on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess then the trick is learning how to be able to take that step back and also being okay with being in that human experience without having it add all the additional stress. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it feels like chipping away at the things that drag you down, you know, and to kind of climbing up and up and up, but still honoring them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes so much sense. You said something when we were communicating offline about self-ownership, and I was wondering if you could expand on what self-ownership means to you. Yeah, self-ownership. Self-ownership is something that not a lot of people do, unfortunately. The more people are nowadays, we have podcasts like this and stuff. But it's really just taking responsibility in your own healing in your own journey, in your own growth, expansion, call it whatever you will, you know, because for most people, there's a large blame component for a lot of people, whether they're blaming the body that they're born in or their economic situation or whatever it is, whenever people blame, rightly or wrongly, it doesn't matter, then they anchor themselves to the spot and they can't really move and they can't grow. So for us to take ownership of ourselves, we need to, somehow stop blaming and let go in order for us to grow and to heal and be whatever we're meant to be. Okay. So it's interesting because we're talking about taking this personal responsibility and you're, and the way you're explaining it is you're saying that this actually is like, it, it requires you to not blame, which I think so fascinating because, um, I 100% agree with you. And, but however, what I see often when this concept of personal responsibility comes up, uh, I hear a lot of people who actually think they think it is them being blamed. Like, Oh, for me to take responsibility, like I'm at fault. Like they think that they have to say they're at fault and Mm. like self blame when it's actually to take a personal responsibility is actually opposite of blaming, but it's often misconstrued. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but I've, I've witnessed like a lot of people who misconstrue that and think that um, when you try to tell them like that, it's not about blame, but that it's about them taking personal responsibility. They think that then that they're, that the blame is being pointed inward. 
Yeah, yeah, it, it is common. It is common. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it's not about who's whose fault it is. It's about whose responsibility it is. Right. That, that's that's the long and short of it. You know, it may be somebody else's fault. It may be. So what? It doesn't matter. It's your responsibility to change it. You know, to to make steps to change it. But I heard a great phrase, or I'm going to bastardize it. And Joe Dispenza said it on one of his like workshop things that um, people can only ever receive information based on the level of their emotions. So if people are in a particular way emotionally, they're only ever going to hear certain things from the message that you're telling them, which is not going to be what you intend it to be a lot of the time, right? So I, I kind of learned to worry less about telling people certain things about how they should be or how how to help them or should I say like messages to help them and focus more on trying to move them forward a little bit more so that then they can get a little bit more of the message if that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it does absolutely and also you know there's the good old saying you can't help people who don't want to be helped yeah yeah exactly yeah so there's just certain people that you have to like learn to accept even and honestly and this happens sometimes often to the people we're closest to that they're not ready to hear or receive a message and and you have to just be okay with like knowing that everyone's on their own path and we can't, you know, we're not here to offer advice or insight when it's not warranted. Yeah. And that's our growth, <laughs> you know? Exactly. We we have to learn to let go just as much. Absolutely. It's really big now in, in chronic health issues and, and various issues is that people love a label. The more labels get attached to it, the more people identify with it. And then people have their own groups to chat around. And I'm this, I'm that, blah, 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 blah. And then once people become really identified with this label that they then have, getting them to move out of that becomes really difficult. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's to the point you even see it on people's Instagram gram handles and yeah um yeah so it's really becoming their identity and there's all these like groups that enable it and treat it as if um like oh it's we want to have empathy and support you and then but it's like if you can detach from those labels yeah it's not it's not a place of healing really it's not where the healing can come from when you're stuck in that identity yeah exactly there's empathy then it's uh, adding fuel mm-hmm. to the fire isn't it and everybody like still in the same spot so like chronic health warrior and things like that I'm like mm-hmm. once people start using stuff like that the chances of them overcoming that are very slim mm-hmm. okay it's a shifting gear a little bit but another thing that you talked about that I wanted to ask you is you talked about the importance of developing self-trust yeah. and this is a really big topic because generally speaking many people who find themselves in the chronic um community like chronic pain or chronic illness who've potentially suffered to some degree a lot of their life there's a couple dynamics that are happening one is they've they've become um of the mindset that their body is against them Mm -hmm. and they very much don't trust their body's ability to heal but but above and beyond that is if you look at the deeper layers of what maybe got us sick to begin with there was probably a lot of um, actions in their life that took them 
out of the capacity to actually just trust their own internal being, you know, like maybe making promises to themselves that they can't keep and um, saying, you know, like say somebody's in a relationship and they stay with somebody who's abusive over and over again, they're learning to not be able to trust themselves because they don't have their own back over and over. So how does one, after years of not trusting self, begin to develop a deeper sense of trust within oneself? Yeah, that's hard, isn't it? That's really hard. Um, but again, so important. Trust is the fundamental thing in, in our health and happiness, you know. And I, I see this time and time again is people, you know, because I've worked a lot with chronic health issues over the years, is there's, there's a lot of traits that are similar with people that have had a lot of chronic health issues. You know, very often they're completely giving themselves away. You know, for an, for another person, or maybe some expectations of family, religious expectations, whatever, they're always giving themselves away. You know, literally giving away their own resources and putting their trust in stuff that isn't serving them. You know, and, and taking their own trust away. You know, and um, I guess it's just a, it's a bit by bit process, isn't it? Really, you know, I, I wish I had the answer to help people do that on mass. Although I am working on that, I have to say, I have been working on the little thing to help people get into their own sense of self-trust, but it takes time and layers of clearing through emotions to be able to get to that point. You know, it, it's the long and short of it. Mm-hmm. And the thing is with trust is people, people say that they've had their trust broken over and over again, so they stop trusting. And I've, I've had this conversation quite a few times, and um. I had it with an ex-girlfriend of mine once and she was talking about how she put her trust in somebody and she knew she shouldn't have done and they betrayed them, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, listen to what you just said there. It wasn't, was it? Because you said that you knew they weren't to be trusted and yet you still put your trust in them. You know, it wasn't that you betrayed, they betrayed you, it was you betrayed yourself because you got yep. that little sign, you got that signal, you knew, but you talked yourself out of it because you didn't trust yourself and it blew mm-hmm. up in your face, you know. And it's... It's a bit of a bitter pill to swallow sometimes to think that, that we've been doing that to ourselves. Yeah. But it's so common. You know, I've done it myself loads and loads of times over the years. You know, giving myself giving my own trust away. When I had cancer, I was literally doing it, you know. When I had the issue with drugs, I was doing it. I was giving away my trust, my sense of self trust. I had no sense of self trust to, to another authority, you know, just let yourself be trampled down, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, I think that when we can come to realize this truth, I think that's a really fundamental first step. And then being able to own that, going back to that personal responsibility without, to own it without self-blame or self-judgment, you know, but really more compassion and empathy to just see like how that has shown up in your life. I think that would be huge to be able to then make a new choice. I was really blown away because I had myself fooled. Here I was like, oh, I trust me. I trust me. I trust me. I don't, but I don't trust other people. And then I had a coach once who was like, you don't trust you. And I was like, no, I do. I was like, but I trust me. But if the other person, like we were talking specifically in a relationship and I was like, but if they were to cheat, like, that's not me not trusting me. That's me not trusting them. And she was like, no, because all it comes down to is, do you trust you enough to know, to have a feeling, to be intuitive, to be like keen on what's happening and then know what you would stand in your truth to do about it, you know? And when she had reframed this for me and shown me this like 
new light and this new perception, it was so mind boggling for me. I, it just like, it was a huge turning point for me and my own personal relationship with myself. Yeah. Right. And we all do it as well. Don't we? We all think mm-hmm. we trust ourselves, uh-huh. but most of the time we don't. Yeah. You know, I mean, even me, even recently, as recently as a couple of weeks ago with, with that belief sat underneath me <clears throat> that Scott found, you know, I didn't trust in my body. Mm-hmm. I thought I did. But I didn't. But the, the mind has a great ways of uh, what's a, what's a phrase? Never underestimate the power of a human ability, a human to delude themselves. Mm-hmm. A human's ability to delude themselves. We're really fucking good at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I want to be mindful of time, but I have a couple more questions. Does that work for yeah. you? Yeah. No worries. Yeah, you crack on. We're good. We're good. Okay. Cool. So I wanted to know what it means to you. Uh, to follow our hearts because we're kind of on this relationship with self right now. And I wondered if you have any insight for anyone who's listening, who's at a place and maybe you've personally been at this place, um, Mm. having gone through so much uh, stuff yourself. But I know that sometimes when we get so sick and it just keeps building and building and maybe we have to make um, compromises and we start releasing things from our life that we thought we once loved and our world gets smaller and smaller. Um, and then we start to do some healing work and everyone's like, follow your heart. What brings you joy? Do what makes you happy. And sometimes you can just feel so disconnected. It's like, you don't even know what you want. You don't know what your goals are. You don't even know what makes you happy. Where does somebody begin with that? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it for me is just chipping away at the stress levels to be able to get into the body and feel it a little bit more and connect to the heart you know but for for me following the heart isn't just about the good stuff or the easy stuff the fun stuff sometimes it's about the shit stuff too you know and I I'm very big into connecting to my heart and asking it questions and following and and that type of stuff And, and for me there's been times where I've been in situations that I've not wanted to be in and I said, like, okay, do I need to be there? They're like, yeah, for fuck's sake. <laughs> With relationships and stuff like that, there's something I need to learn from this situation. You know what I mean? Mm. So I've, I've had it, you know, fairly recently with, with relationships that I've been in that I've not wanted to be there, but my heart's gone, go on. What do I need to learn? What do I need to address from this situation? So the way that I approach my life is, is I'm less about outcome i'm more about what do i need to learn from the situation what what is the lesson that i'm getting here that i need to go doing and this is kind of how i approach things from from a heart perspective is is it coherent with what my heart wants and where it's guiding me it's it's not so much about following what i enjoy because we can enjoy things that are really bad for us Mm -hmm. you know the, the heart, when you follow the heart, it won't necessarily always lead you to fun stuff, but it will mm. lead you to fulfilling life. You know, it may not always be fun. There may be suffering, but you'll never regret it. Uh, this is such a good point that I've never really thought of it from that perspective before. But like, what are ways that people can know that it's their heart guiding them if they've just been disconnected and they're like, well, how do I even know if it's my heart? (laughs) Yeah. I think um, without having access to a practitioner or someone that can show you how to do things or, you know, um, techniques and stuff, I would Mm -hmm. be looking at um, 
learning about heart coherence that that would be an important step mm-hmm. you know learn to slow down and cohere the heart and get back into where those where that sense of connection is with the heart you know the heart being such a a huge emotional center and a center of intelligence you know because the heart has its own set of neurons so it has its intelligence it has memory and holds stuff and we've all heard of people having heart transplants picking up traits and memories and stuff like that before right right so that would be my first step is somehow learning about how to become coherent in the heart and the more you can do that the more connected you can become the better relationship you have with that heart and you learn to differentiate between what feels right and what your brain says you know, what was it I got told? When you, when you learn to ask, you learn to connect. The first thing that you get is the answer. Anything that becomes after, anything that comes with a but, and if or a because, is a story in the brain, is the mind, I should say. So it's mm. getting in before the story and then mm-hmm. trusting mm-hmm. that and going with that. That's the difficult part. This is, it all, come, all kind of comes in turn, comes in turn, comes in line, the trust, the heart, you know, the self-ownership, it's all one thing, really. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you kind of need each of each each of those components together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You need a bit of, a bit of boldness, you know, a bit of boldness. You need to be, be willing to um, do it. It's scary sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So interesting. I always, I would wonder, and I guess a lot of it has to do with how much healing and growth work you've done and how many like um, old beliefs and patterns you've kind of stripped away from your own like psyche. Because I often wonder sometimes when, because you know, there's a lot of times, and maybe this is just when we're more wounded, where you think you're following your heart, but really like, say, let's just because it's easy, say relationships, like you think you're following your heart in this relationship. But really, you're just repeating an old pattern um, based on like your attachment or something, you know, like you're just repeating, you know, that old pattern. It's like the same, same uh, new person, same story as before or where you end up dating the person who is like your um, mother or father, whoever was like your earliest attachment in childhood. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, but you were like, oh, it's my heart. I'm following my heart. But really, you're just stuck yeah. in this pattern. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's a. Yeah, are you are you really following your intuition in your heart or is it just a trauma response? Trauma response, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I guess that's where the deeper that you heal and the more layers that you peel back, the closer you can get to differentiating that. Yeah, yeah. It's a process, I think. It's a process, you know. Mm-hmm. We when people are doing that kind of stuff, which we've all done, I sure shit have fucking done it, is you think you're following your heart, but you're not because you're when you're trying to deliberately just avoid getting hurt, then that's not about following the heart. It's about just trying to avoid getting hurt, right? And then that right. did that compounds over time. I'm not saying try and run into getting hurt, but I'm saying that's generally what a lot of people are trying to do. Right. If you were told that you could only impart one message to the world for the rest of your life, what message would you choose? Be true. Two words, be true. Be true, be true. So I have on my forearm, on the inside of my forearm, be true, Toad. I've also got follow me in a heart on the other one. They're like my guidance, so there's no, there's nowhere I can run from me anymore. <laughs> 
because <laughs> it's there, it's written there, right? And uh, essentially, when we are being true, we are following what's true. Um, we're what's true to our physiological needs, our psychological needs, our emotional needs, the truth of our heart. The body functions better, right? If we if we think of um, poor health, emotional issues, psychological issues, whatever that is, as components of dissonance within the body, the lack of truth, essentially, the truer we are, the more ease there is in flow of communication, mm-hmm. essentially. Whenever we're being untrue to ourselves, we create stress in ourselves, straight off the bat. When we lie, we create stress. You know, when we're trying to be something that we're not meant to be, we create stress. You know, when we're being reactive and we're attacking people, that's not being true. You know, all, all these things, if you look at all the problems today in the world, not one of those is caused by people being true, like war, mm-hmm. all this type of stuff, you know, because none of that stuff is important. All that stuff is ego stuff, isn't it, essentially, you know? Right. And the truer we can be to our needs physiologically, psychologically, emotionally, true to our heart and actually true, just not fucking lying, um, the better we will be. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, while I have you here, is there anything else that you want to share with anyone who's listening that I haven't asked you about? Um, no, no, I think that's all glorious. Yeah, nothing, mm. nothing is in my head. Okay. But most things will come up later. And I would love to leave links for people to connect with you in the show notes. So I will leave your website link and your Instagram handle. Is there any other ways for people to reach you? Uh, they're the main ones, garethreedy.com, at garethreedy on Instagram, or okay. Facebook, where I'm most active as well, garethreedy. Luckily, I've got a name that not many people have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for being here with me today and sharing your wisdom and your personal story. And I really am excited to, um, yeah, to bring this to life and share you with everyone who's listening. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute honor. I've had a lovely time. <laughs> All right, y'all, that's a wrap. Please make sure to click that subscribe button so that you have every new episode waiting for you in that podcast library and share this episode with a friend or tag me on instagram at our powers within give yourself the gift of grounding each day this week and until next time make the week great <laughs>